Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cinema Nerd Presents Made in the 90s. My name is Kyle Woods. I am here with my buddy Dylan Shore, and we are going to swim through a world of water. Dylan, what is the water world? In the future, polar ice caps have melted, covering the earth in water. And there's one guy named the Mariner that's just like, you know, floating around, living his life. <laughs> Drinking tea, having gills, the things you do. <laughs> He's the next part of evolution, man. I do want to say right off the bat, I love the logo, Dissolve. It's universal, right? It goes yeah, into the, it goes past into the globe, <laughs> into the melting ice caps, and the, that, into the water world. It's Yeah, man. I, I don't love that uh, it goes to titles after that. I wish we could have dissolved into action a little more Star Wars or something. But, you know, it's the water world. What can you say? <laughs> it's the water world. And that the score, too. James Newton Howard's score, like, kicking in right in the beginning. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, it moves. Should we talk about move. some other movies before we talk about the water world? Let's do it. Let's, Let's see. Indeed. What else are you watching, buddy? I watched James Wan's new film, Malignant, on oh, HBO People are talking all sorts of good stuff about that. Oh, buddy. Real good, huh? Well, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Like, this is what, like, campy horror should be. Like, oh. it's done so extremely well. And, like you know the first half of the movie you have no idea what the fuck is going on you're truly like is this like a supernatural thing okay but like he's fucking killing people i'm so confused right now <laughs> and then when like the reveal comes of what's going on it's the kookiest thing ever and i loved it <laughs> so much man <laughs> fun 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 yeah. indeed i think you're gonna dig on it a lot yeah, I'll give it a watch. I have a copy sitting here. <laughs> yeah, sounds fun. Um, and then I watched some of the Nightmare on Elm Streets going through them. Um, yeah, no need to really talk about those in depth, but, you know, they're fun. They're fun they're to watch. They're fun. Yeah. I am of the... <laughs> this might be sacrilege, depending on which camp you lie in, but for me, the best nightmare movies have the word dream in the title. That's cool. Dream Warriors, definitely. Dream Child is not the biggest fan of that one. I mean, fair enough. It, they swing big and definitely do not always connect. But when... like the thing you can like fully like go into a Freddy movie is expecting to see Freddy do something cool with his body or like just the weird like uh prosthetics that they do for freddy and like faces on his body like you can always go into a nightmare movie and be like okay i'll probably see some cool uh like real special effects happening here sure <clears throat> but doesn't necessarily the movies are that great i mean yeah that's could be said of a lot of horror movies that i love very true what else you got um and then I watched a Warren Beatty film with Diane Keaton from the 80s, I think. Maybe the late 70s, uh, called Reds. And it's oh, about sure. a true story about the uh, socialist journalist, Jonathan Reed, who is trying to make a change here in America. But the 
unions in Russia go on strike and he goes over there to help them. And Diane Keaton is like his wife, but it's this long love affair. And like Jack Nicholson's in it. it I loved it. I fucking, Diane Keaton is, oh, I could watch her any day. Oh. Sorry. Is that is that her calling right now? I was. Uh, she wants to get lunch later. You, you can take it. I mean, if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am yeah. also a big fan of Diane Keaton and famously not so much a fan of Warren Beatty, but uh, Red's won like all of the Oscars, right? Uh, yeah, it won a bunch. Yeah, going to have to see it at some point. Yeah, it's worth it. Right uh, and it's it's one of those like, uh epics it's a three-hour movie that like it spans the world and time like there's just so much detail in it it's really i love an epic man i do too (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that's all i've watched how about you dig it well i'll uh get around to epics actually yeah no what i'm gonna start with some epics because i watched the english patient for the first time it's a good one yeah, I sort it's, of... It's a little slow at moments, but I like it. Boy, the the second half, the whole yeah. second half is really slow. And the, the beginning of the second act is just like kind of brutal slow, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I just really like Anthony Minghella, man. I, I think his he's such a great director and kind of the last, not the last probably, but one of the last of the classicists. You know, when you're watching one of his movies, it feels like... A- oh, you're entering a world when you're yeah. watching his movies, yeah. Yeah, and you're certainly entering a world, but it also feels formal and like an epic at the sort of height of the studio system. Even though they're made in the 90s, they feel like sort of like 40s 50s 60s you know huge huge studio pictures which they I mean they are huge studio pictures in their own right but anyways I yeah I wasn't the biggest fan of the movie overall um, although man is it uh, seeing uh, uh, a fucking Ralph Rafe Rafe at, at that time dude he's a sexy sexy human being and even Colin Firth is in great shape in that film man tall strapping studs <laughs> fancy strapping lads is what they are <laughs> and then i did the last samurai which i haven't seen in a long long time i, I like that movie i like that movie mm-hmm. i like that movie and so i did a double feature of white guys in uh, Asia epics. No, well, not Japanese culture because it's Great Wall. I did the Great Wall with Matt Damon. Oh, Oh, that one, I did not even care to see. I, it's not very, I like the Great Wall. I'm just going to say. No, all right. It borders on the dumb in ways that I can forgive, but I understand if you can't. Like there's, some sort of color matchy armor in a way that invoke evokes power rangers not specifically like that's not the model but it's like they're wearing big chunky armor and it's five different colors you know and so there's some stuff like that and matt damon cannot do wire food to save his fucking life so (laughs) most of what's going on is really really junky but pedro pascal's in that damn movie oh wow 
and there's dragons and stuff. It's fine. I'm not going to defend it. All I'll say is that I, I actually <laughs> kind of enjoyed it in a way I, I was not it. expecting to. Yeah. No, Kyle would rather watch The Great Wall than The English Patient. 100%. Yeah, if I had to pick between those two again, easily The Great Wall. It's not even, not even close, dude. Oh, too funny. <laughs> what else have we on the list? Oh, I caught up with Old. Now yeah. it's Old. Ugh, that was a torturous one for me to get through. And I love Shyamalan. I I don't love Shyamalan. I I think if this was not a Shyamalan and like maybe was a like if you just rented this at Redbox, it'd be like, oh, that was kind of better than I thought it was gonna be. Ugh. But it's Shyamalan and it feels like a Redbox movie, you know? It just is like this is <laughs> I don't know. The kid asking everybody their job uh-huh as exposition is about as hacky as it gets for scripts yeah and then every character like repeats themselves <laughs> like a hundred million times <laughs> my favorite is was it is it randall or hi i'm randall my name's randall just so you yeah. know hi i'm randall randall uh i'm a teacher my wife is a, a physicist or some shit it's like no, what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> weird. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. So not, not so much for, oh, I, I, it is also 30 minutes too long. If it hadn't been for that, I might've. It's only passively. an hour and 45 minutes. No, it's not. Uh-huh. That last act feels. Oh yeah. Yeah. Dude, it goes on forever but it's only an hour and like 45 minutes holy shit well it's 15 minutes too long then at least i mean you know give us the reveal and then get the fuck out of there we don't need the uh you know you don't need the whole uh hospital lab thing and uh i mean i actually didn't mind that part i kind of enjoyed it but there was also some like like a logical or not a logical just like bad story writing in there like Rufus uh, Sewell throughout that whole movie seems like he's losing his memory, right? right? He's like, right. They never mention him losing his memory ever. They say he's a sociopathic, mentally ill patient. And I was like, what? Oh, Where's I thought the- he was like the like Alzheimer's guy. Didn't they talk about? No. They didn't no. talk, okay, I'm I don't think so. I swear to God, he killed, he killed the black dude on the beach that had, like, the, the, like, uh, the nosebleeds, right? Body. Yeah, but he had, like, a cancer in his body or something, sure. and the guy in the lab goes, could you please not put your mentally ill patients near my, uh, my disease patients or something? They, he, he killed him off, and I was like, Wait, so he's just mentally ill? He's not losing his memory as you are clearly telling us he is. I, I mean, Shyamalan is one for playing fast and loose with the boundaries of of psychiatric conditions. You know? Yeah, that's true. So, I, I mean, I didn't track that specifically of all the, the things that sort of pinged my cringe button in in that one but doesn't surprise me yep you got anything else just to transition in 
I accidentally did a Kevin Costner double feature today. Oh, very nice. What was it? Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. <laughs> Speaking of movies that are okay. an hour and 45 minutes long and yet somehow a half hour too long. <laughs> yeah, that did not appeal to me at all. I've never been the biggest Jack Ryan fan. I like him. I like the Jack Ryan movies. Uh, I've never seen the Jack Ryan TV show, but I like the Jack Ryan movies the way that I like something like Homeland or 24 or, mm-hmm. you know, I just sort of, oh, it's all right. That's two hours gone and they're competent generally and sort of broad and I'm, I'm fine with that. And this one is attempting to be a reboot, which is troublesome because it packs in a lot of story. <laughs> and then also <laughs> Kenneth Branagh directs it and plays the villain. And so he's doing his like Russian accent, mm-hmm. Kenneth Branagh move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's not, you know, you could spend a worse, worse afternoon than Kenneth Branagh as a Russian villain and Kevin Costner as a sort of avuncular CIA agent. It's it's great. Hmm. It's not great, dude. It's really pretty bad. It's like rough in a lot of ways. Speaking of like bad script, the, the dialogue and just sort of like, I'm not a spy, but I am a human being. And that's not how we speak to each other. No. No, everything you're saying just sounds like I need to avoid it. Avoid in a life is short kind of way. Uh, Get involved in a dumb afternoon kill, dumb movie kill an afternoon kind of way. There you go. Speaking of Kevin Costner, I went to the water world. Yeah, baby. I've gone to the water world many times. Many times. I have too. I gen I like this movie, Dylan. Do you like this movie? Uh, I'm in love with this movie. I think it's <laughs> a, it's it is a big Hollywood B movie. Like there is just so much extravaganza going on in this movie. So many set pieces, so many explosions. They're filming on open water out in Hawaii. That's fucking crazy and. <laughs> and the director quit <laughs> and kevin costner took over directing but still kevin reynolds gets the the build for director but yeah kevin costner took over the last bit of directing and the editing process because him and kevin reynolds were just not seeing eye to eye that tracks um yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that scans I believe the things you're telling me right now, Dylan, Mm -hmm. because I sort of wish this, this was the least I have enjoyed this movie on this viewing, which is a movie that I enjoy a lot. Okay. I sort of wish it was, and it is to a large degree what you're saying, a studio B movie, a big budget B movie. Yes. One of the things that is so adorable about (laughs) and i I mean that in like the sense that i like legitimately adore b movies that i've one of the things that i find so charming about them and one of the reasons that i i seek them out i gravitate towards them 
is because they do have the freedom to make weird ass choices. And this movie does make like one kind of big weird ass choice at the beginning of the movie. The guilt? No, the piss drinking. The fact uh, that this movie starts, this is a $175 million studio film yep. starring Kevin Costner, who we'll get into here. And it's him drinking his piss in the very first scene. I get why folks were sort of like, I don't know, it's weird. He drowns in shit at one point. He's got gills. He drinks his piss. Dennis Hopper's like kind of not in it enough and whatever criticism 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 so what was i saying about this bananas fucking movie oh man it's truly like man they they really tried to go all out for this movie um okay sorry i just remembered what i was trying to say which is that they tried to go all out but then i do see kevin costner the movie star being movie star up in here and so instead of this movie being the bananas ass weirdo thing that it needs to be, it's a Kevin Costner movie star vehicle. And it, it ends up coming up short a lot and then is really long in other places for as like off the wall, the action sequences are, it's equally boring through the second act when they're just kind of like floating out there on the water world, which I guess you do need to get into the mindset of the Mariner, but that's a different movie, right? That's the postman. I mean, that's the same thing that he did with, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Postman though. That's a, Oh, that's a long one. <laughs> right. And they're built on trying to like get you into the mindset of the person in the waste. Well, this isn't even. You, I, I, I'm assuming you watched the two-hour, fifteen-minute. Yeah, cut of this cut that I watched. Yeah, there is just as of like a few years ago, uh, a fan made the original cut of the movie was supposed to be three hours, and it he took all of the deleted scenes that they aired on TV in Europe and put them into his copy, okay. and then, uh, um the the people that bought the distribution rights for the blu-ray of the of Waterworld uh were like hey that's kind of cool man let us take that from you and put it on the blu-ray and so he, this fan cut is now on the blu-ray and it's kind of regarded as the the like real cut of the movie have you seen it i have not seen it yet do you know about what it restores what we uh, so you get into a lot of more smoker stuff and how they actually refine oil to make <laughs> okay. their shit. And I have a question about like, that also because what yeah. I like I have three different notes here about like why is there a car? How is there so much gasoline? Where do they store the jet skis? They have giant boats. Where does the oil come? Just constant like reality questions about that. So you know what? Good shout. Yeah, it restores that. I think there's like some religious beliefs for the smokers that you get into. Um, it it's just the like the the article I was reading was literally just said it's world building scenes. Like it doesn't add story versus just like world and character stuff. Whereas this movie lacks a lot of character stuff. <laughs> it just like moves you right along with them. Just keep going, keep going, keep going. 
it also lacks story for a two hour, 15 minute movie and would lack even more at the length you're describing, you know, I, I can't stop, you know, obviously it's Mad Max on water, right? That's probably, I'm sure that's the pitch in the room. It is. It is. Yeah. The P for Mad Max was this DP, I believe. And uh, he ended on going to write, and the screenwriter also wrote uh, Mad, oh, which one did he write? Hold on, I'll look that up. Sure. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised also if the stunt choreographer was uh, involved or if the, there was some similarities between the stunt teams because even the jet skis, you know, crossing back and forth between the bigger uh-huh. boats is so like the, <laughs> the guys coming down the, the train, you know? Um, I, I've forgotten what my damn point was even about. Oh, but Mad Max gets to be so fucking weird and this feels derivative you know what i mean like it feels like it's trying to be mad max on water it, and 100 that is what it is trying to do also every single one of those mad max movies is nice and tidy you know what i mean the longest one is like maybe around two hours but they're like 90 minutes hour 45 they fucking snap by man um this uh, the one of there's two writers none of them actually wrote uh mad max so i I think i'm thinking of the dp um but one of the writers did write um uh gi jane the fugitive pitch black critters (laughs) i mean those are some bona fides man i've I've actually been wanting to watch critters because i've never seen it I just know it as like the ripoff Gremlins. Yeah, it is. And then what is it? Critters two or three? That is Leo Dio's first screen Something. credit. Uh, Dean somewhere. Mad Max two. Yeah, the cinematographer did Mad Max two, and he also did Dances with Wolves with Costner. Dude, this guy's got a list of movies. Right on. Should we talk a little Costner? Let's talk some Costner. Um, the best, so obviously the feud happened between him and Kevin Reynolds, and Kevin Reynolds came out and said, "You know what? Kevin Costner should direct every movie he stars in, <laughs> so he can direct his favorite actor." <laughs> yeah, I mean, fair enough. <laughs> it totally feels like that. That, like, which, which I hate that because it's I don't I like Kevin Costner a lot. I think he can be really good. He makes a lot of over bloated movies that he feels are like truly like good movies like Wyatt Earp is not a great movie but actually I still kind of like get into it I like the vibe of it but it's not a good movie by any stretch of the means but he's also a very talented director open range I fucking love that movie that's a classic western I like open range uh, a lot also yeah, I mean, maybe not a lot, but I liked it a lot more than I was expecting to. And there's I certainly... mean, Dances with Wolves too is a great movie. It is an overbloated movie, some would say. And my only problem with Dances with Wolves is really in the like the war scene in the beginning, just because it's so melodramatic and just like get me to him going to his post and starting to live out in the plains. I mean, I I I guess I. Really, I like. I really like Dances with Wolves. It's a um, fucking great movie. It's a great movie, and I think that's one where the longer cut really brings it to life. Um, yeah. 
and it's so a, it's an epic. it truly is an epic and like that me shitting on the opening is just me saying i just want to get to the next bit quicker because once he's out of the war i find it so much more interesting i just don't care for him galloping out on his horse <laughs> like okay Come on, he's taking the fa- the ride of faith yeah yeah it looks cool <laughs> it looks fine i don't love <laughs> yeah the horse ride is like you're right extremely melodramatic i, I, I really want to say that's the only part of the scene that i don't care for the beginning the whole rest of that sequence fucking rules with the like yeah. the amputations and totally. the, that general that he Absolutely. meets up with eventually is or now that i'm saying it out weird. loud it's really just the horse moment yeah and that's free for all with his hands you know what i i don't even hate it though just because it it the movie relies on mysticism and he's telling us that right off right up front you know get involved with the lyricism of this thing it's not going to be entirely logical or Uh okay fair you know even so whatever i i like that movie a lot i here's the thing that i want to say about kevin costner in the run-up to this movie and sort of its you know obvious reputation which we don't have to get into very much about it being a notorious flop which is not actually really true because it, it's gained a lot of money back over the years and even in its initial release in its worldwide budget it so it cost 175 reportedly <laughs> uh-huh. well yeah it started off as a hundred that quickly got inflated to 135 for production and then there was like another 40 that went to uh, marketing afterwards. It, which, you know, now by today's standard is super low. But at, that, at the point when this movie comes out, you know, it's novel and this has never happened before. And it's one of the most expensive movies ever made. And in America, it does like 80-ish, you know? Which but is, over in like Europe, it did really well. Yeah, it did like almost 200 just in europe mm-hmm. so anyways uh, it made money i but... think i truly feel this it would have done better in america if uh the studio hadn't been so vocal about its disastrous production like they keep needing more money like they were releasing that information to deadline so or variety or whoever like one of sure, the, the trades wasn't deadline at the time yeah the trades but uh yeah that, the deadline that would have already said something stirs like, up shit for people to grasp on to be like oh this movie's costing so much money it is going to fail the studio doesn't even have faith in it it's like fuck <laughs> well right and then it's just like you know the late night show cycle of, of bashing on it for a year after it comes out but part of the thing that compounds it was this the run-up to Waterworld and the star power that Kevin Costner had. What's because I mean, well, right your... before Waterworld, he did Wyatt Earp and okay. it failed miserably. And that's why they were having such like high doubts about it. And then right after Waterworld, he did the postman and just like put uh, the nail completely uh, through the coffin. And, and so, but before that, I, I just before I do the rundown, I'm sorry. I think of Kevin Costner as like, oh yeah, my mom thinks he's sexy. I I kind of like you know his presence in movies. Whatever, he's fine. He was like a Marvel studio. 
he was and he was every character <laughs> and the director and the goddamn and the screenwriter and producer yeah dude so, they were putting so much money into him i'm i'm actually he was banking though gonna... bro they weren't even putting that much money check this out dances and wolves which won best director best picture cost 22 million and grossed 424.2 robin hood prince of thieves which is a but movie that, that he just stars in that he didn't okay. direct it. i'm just i just want to take a, a second on the box office okay it is 48 million and made 390.5 jfk cost um that's a very good i'm very curious about that actually um let's see it cost it cost 40 million what do you think it made 125 205 204 wow that's the last one is the bodyguard that was that movie was massive it cost $25 million. How much do you think it made? Uh, I'm on it. $411 million. $411 million. Okay, so let's go to The Postman. <laughs> the Postman budgeted for $80 million. So with inflation, that's probably very close to $200 million. Yeah, for sure. North of $150. And it made... 20.8 it didn't do well <laughs> it did not do well but then let's see if open range brought him back because he scaled down his uh his um visual scale like it's not as massive sure. well i i mean it's a big wide open okay Western yeah, he movie, made that for 22 million and it made 68.3 i'm actually really impressed with that i don't think i'd even heard of open range until i saw it earlier this year really yeah oh, it totally yeah. snuck by me i love that one i saw that in theaters with my dad speaking yeah, I of I, say... I saw Waterworld in theaters with my dad as well but he i remember i was at my friend's house across the street and he came and got me he's like dude we're gonna go see what uh we're gonna he said we're gonna go see Waterworld." in my head i thought we were going to waterworks park the like the water park <laughs> in our town i was like okay cool and i hop in the truck and i remember asking i was like i don't have a swimsuit and he was like, no, we're going to the movie. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, okay, cool. Even better. <laughs> I like the image of you being so excited to go that you were just like, yes, out the door. Out I don't the door, need anything got in else. my dad's truck. <laughs> I'm going on a water slide. There uh, is every water park in England is called Waterworld. So SEO on this project was a little exciting for me. <laughs> um uh i was reading some facts about this that they built that atoll out on the waters in hawaii mm -hmm. and used every piece of available steel on all the islands of hawaii that they had to fly it in from the mainland <laughs> and then fly it into kona and then get it on a boat to ship it out to that atoll <laughs> buildings must have been collapsing what on earth was happening to the construction industry no one could build anything while water world was filming skyscrapers stood still uh but also fun fact 
Kevin Reynolds and Kevin Costner have made up since. And <laughs> about two decades later, they made uh, Hatfields and McCoy together, which is an awesome little mini series. That is a fun fact. Mm-hmm. Which, if they can survive making Hatfields and McCoys, which is a fucking four hours, five hour epic mini series, they're good friends again, man. They should make another movie together. Like Waterworld 2. Ooh, Desert World. Oh, mm-hmm. Denny Villeneuve made that movie. Oh, yeah. um, there is okay. technically kind of a Waterworld 2. Cruel Draws? If, no, if you've seen the live show at Universal, <laughs> yeah. it, it takes place after the movie. It And the, <laughs> the stunts are like, in this movie, in pr- the movie specifically, are so live show-esque you know yeah. i i believe in my heart of hearts having never seen the stunt show <laughs> that the best version of Waterworld is, is the, the stunt, stunt show? show yeah oh dude it's a lot of fun i'm it's sure it is a lot of fun they have a whole uh the seaplane that jack black is flying <laughs> yeah uh, yes jack black's in this movie it sure is <laughs> uh that seaplane the big like grand finale of the show after the mariner has like taken down the deacon and uh uh saving helen the seaplane you hear it like you hear a loud plane like coming and approaching you're like whoa what the fuck where's that and then they launch a fucking seaplane at the audience from behind the stage and it just comes at you and then lands in the water and just glides up to you it's a spectacle (laughs) my favorite thing in this movie is the jet skis that are like chained underwater and the people riding it have the snorkels but they're like long snorkels so they're a few feet underwater still (laughs) they're just sitting there they're just sitting underwater (laughs) waiting for the like are they dropping a stick of dynamite to tell them to go or whatever the fuck they do (laughs) this movie man so bananas (laughs) i just wish i i don't know because so like the last few notes that i have here are just basically points where it's derivative of mad max and I just I kind of wish that it wasn't, you know. So like, why is everybody? Well, okay. The basic plot structure of the thing, hey, that's golden. That works every time. There's a little uh, uh, a MacGuffin, and we got to follow it to the promised land. Great. Mm-hmm. Putting it on the back of a child works. Putting it in the memory of a blind man works. Putting it in the, I don't know, whatever movie you like here. Uh, it doesn't work if it's a dagger that's shaped like the wreckage of a Death Star, for the record. Um, sorry, guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just distracted myself out of yeah, a I knew, I knew point. <laughs> okay, no, I'm back in. But so the basic mechanics of this thing are golden. And like even... Just the the actual like physical structures that they built are really cool and interesting. And I wish there was more stuff like that that was more focused on the water. So like they're <laughs> all so heavily dressed, right? And I get that they're living like, a fraught life. Only some of- are heavily dressed. Some are wearing like, like mesh lace and 
Like, I guess that's okay. the poor side. The, the rich and, like, badass people are wearing, like, heavy boots and heavy shoulder pads. And I feel like the warriors are wearing shoulder pads and boots. I, okay, but yeah. most no people are wearing clothing. And, like, uh, even a fair amount of clothing, even if it's kind of, like, strappy and, you know, stitched and, together, as it would be in a post-apocalyptic world, there are a lot of clothes, like, not so like it covers a lot and there are a lot of layers like some people appear to be wearing robes and like i just assume that water world is hot because not at night I, okay fair enough i would i would focus my cloth on blankets and not so much <laughs> robes. Well, McGregor's spending too much time building the hot air balloon so he doesn't got time to focus on blankets I, I would argue that if you can build a hot air balloon, you could use a like a blanket as a similar technology to a hot air they balloon. They have a blanket on the hot air balloon. They this don't is, they have a blanket on the hot air balloon? So the reason She's like that, sleeping and they wake up to the yeah, birds flying. They have they seem to have plenty of fabric. That's not the issue. I mean, there's whales around. They could make leather fabric, right? The reason that they're wearing lots of clothes and lots of layers and armor and shit like that is because it's Mad Max. And I probably blinked and missed it, but I like, no, I didn't miss when it happened, but I was like the whole time, wait, why does he need to cut her hair? Even as he, he's telling her, right? What the fuck is the point of this? And does he's it ever- punishing her. And the child as well? Yeah. Right, because he's just a gruff dude. I think he's also trying to make them look more male. That makes more sense to me, but I like in a two hour, 15 minute movie, we could have a scene about that. We get that he's kind of a shitty dude, you know? Um, hey, watch the three hour cut. It might be in there, man. May, maybe it is. To me, it feels like it's to make him look like the, uh, <laughs> not the dream children, who are the ones from Mad Max, Thunderdome children, you know? Uh huh. I don't remember the name of them. The children beyond the Thunderdome, but you know the ones. And he, like, even there's at one point, there's a, when we find out. Mad Max, though, they're like too dressed up. Aren't they way too hot? They're wearing like leather and spikes and shit. Okay, but most, yeah, I mean, fair enough. Again. That was a really funny realization. <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe it's just my own personal preference. I get wearing shoes to walk through the desert. I don't get wearing shoes at the beach. <sighs> Only a few of them wear shoes. The metal might be hot. <laughs> The little That's girl doesn't wear shoes. She runs barefoot across it. I suppose the mariner wears shoes because he doesn't want to tip the fact that he's got webbed toes, right? Uh-huh. And so, it, it's not like he you see you see him wear those boots that he finds in the beginning. So he probably doesn't wear shoes. <laughs> but I guess he would have to hide them if he goes to any atoll because that's true. He doesn't want them to see his webbed toes. Although people have webbed toes. 
I just the more we talk about this movie, the more I keep thinking about Fury Road, and I'm like, yeah, there's a boot scene in that movie too. <laughs> this was made before Fury Road. George Miller's a hack. <laughs> he made Babe too, man. <laughs> oh my god, that movie. I enjoy Waterworld. If I lived yes. in a Waterworld, I would, would hate it. I would hate it, man. I would probably just swim until I went mad and died. Yeah. Honestly, I would probably try to live like the Mariner on a boat. I would not want to live in an atoll. Oh, absolutely not. If I had a pea filter, I would be out on the water. Hell yeah, growing some tomatoes. (laughs) Yeah. At one point, I was really offended by the way he treated that tomato plant, though. He just kind of, like, grabs it by the stem and rips it in. It's a... uh, I do want to shout out uh, Kim Coates, who I think gives an yeah. awesome performance as that weirdo that comes on his boat. Yeah, Kim Coates is great. He's very good. Given a great performance, that scene is so like projected and protracted. You know, from the minute fucking Kim Coates gets on board, you're just like, okay, so let's do the bad guy thing. And then it's 20 minutes before he does the bad guy thing. I think it's only that seems actually really quick. It's, it's like not five. twenty minutes. Yeah, but okay, still, it's it might it might be five well, because minutes. they're trying to barter, and then he gives them Helen, gives him Helen, and then he realizes, nope, I can't do that, and then he murders him, and it's done. <laughs> Fair enough. You know what? You're just proving me wrong up and down about the water world. I'm sticking with you. I'm getting on your boat, buddy. I got you in this water world, man. <laughs> Thanks, dude.